Welcome to episode two of Digital Digital Get Down. Thanks for coming back to listen to us this week.、Uh, lightning round question What's your favorite InSync song of all time?、Uh, trick answer The Backstreet Boys. I was not an InSync fan. You're terrible. Correct answer would be I Want You Back, is what cemented my InSync love, but、um, it's going to be me. I spent the most time learning that dance. Um, Are you saying that because、long. of the meme? What's the meme? It's gonna be May. It's May in a week. Oh! <laughs> that's, why that's why Justin Timberlake's face is ever on the internet right now, because it's gonna be May. Yeah, I never quite could get the lyrics you, just by listening. You to... need to go on the internet more.、Mm. Uh, my name is Bennett. I am、uh, a grumpy snowflake.、Uh, all I need to say is that my wife over here. Was a proclaimed hater of all podcasts. I listened to a great Too many. set of podcasts, and she has just ripped them all apart. And then all of a sudden, she says, Let's start our own podcast. And now she's listening to a bajillion podcasts as well. She's a flip flopper, is all I'm trying to say. I'm not listening to a bajillion podcasts. I've decided I should give them another chance.、Mm. So I've gotten some recommendations and downloaded some, and I'm going to try to listen to some. I still don't like most of them. Uh, the most important thing is that this show, Digital Digital Get Down, is being called The Next Serial, and so we have that going for us. Nobody has said that. None of our three few, listeners have said that. A few people have said that. Go ahead, tell the people who you are.、Uh, my name is Heather. As Bennett neglected to mention, in case you didn't listen to our last episode, we are both、uh, failed. Yeah, I don't want to、writers. bring it up every time.、It's、well, there、funny. could be people that are just listening for the first、okay. time.、Uh, we also have a book reviewing website called Book Digits. That's right. So you should check that out. They are our one and only sponsor for this podcast for the moment. For now, it's a long show. Something else could happen.、Uh, what we've been up to this week, we just、mm-hmm. watched an episode of The Leftovers. Yep. Which is yeah. Ben's TV pick. We'll probably be talking about that in a future episode.、Um, I have eaten way too much chocolate and Easter candy this week. Yeah. I also have started watching Disney movies on YouTube in、yeah. two minute clips, which yeah, I'm sure is driving you crazy. Let's unpack this a little bit because we went away on a little trip and you spent about a total of six hours outdoors. And immediately when we got back in the car, you said, I have to go watch Pocahontas right now. Because right I, had, now. I had just, we were going on a hike and there was a river, so I got just around the river bend stuck in my head. Yeah. The, Time on that hike that I was not spent singing Disney songs was spent coming up with this podcast.、Yeah. So I think it was probably worth it. But you were、sacrifice. so excited about Pocahontas, but not enough to spend the $2.99 to rent it. You, you had to rent it. It was free on YouTube, even、okay. though it was missing the most pivotal scene of the whole movie because、yeah. that one had gotten removed and the rest of it hadn't. But I still got to listen to the songs. Good. So it was fine. Okay. And I also finished watching another children's TV that、uh, one's, series. This isn't designed for children, this one that you Voltron? watch? Voltron? Oh, God. I've been watching Voltron on Netflix, the recent one, not like the 80s one. It is a very good, like, no brain required that TV show. That it is, show. for sure.、Yes. Like, when I first wake up in the morning, I just like, want to watch some mindless TV or when I get home from work and my brain is totally drained. It's a fun little TV show to watch. Okay. And Keith is my favorite. Anyways,、uh, we had a request from our one listener to tell them what kind of wine we're drinking. So this、uh, week we have a. The cheapest one at the store is. We、I、have、think. a Sauvignon Blanc Semillon from Western、good. Australia. Yeah. And it's pretty good. It's Asia Pacific region. Better than last week's. Local. Not really local. Western Australia is not very close Shh, to here. Okay. So this week we are going to do the same thing. We're going to start with our good, good news, bad news. We need to have theme songs for this segment. Sure, that can be our theme song. So we're going to talk about our favorite、uh, pop culture news stories. News for, tidbit, you might say. News stories from this past week and our least favorite or the bad news stories from this past week. So you wanted to start with your good news? Oh, right, yeah. Benny's good news of the week. Basically, just nostalgia as a, as a whole. That's not a news tidbit. <laughs> You're already breaking the rules、sort、of the, the segment in episode two. But I just wanted to bring up, first of all, that we're recording this podcast in GarageBand, an application that I have not opened up in、um, at least a decade. 
And the last time that I did use it was to kickstart my musical career, which yes. brought in a decent amount of revenue and also won your heart. I so, still do have, somewhere in my parents' house, in a box yeah. somewhere, I still have those CDs that are signed by you. Yeah. You used to try to get me pay extra to get a signed copy. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's one one tidbit. <laughs> you saw that on the news? <laughs> oh, well. Just, just the theme of nostalgia okay, go is ahead. going. Quick update. I'm tying in from last week's mm-hmm. episode. Update on the Nintendo saga. Correct. So the rumors are just a buzz right now in the gamer world. Is that a thing? Sure. Um, and so people are saying that Nintendo is now planning the next classic system. It would be a Super Nintendo classic. classic. And then potentially followed by uh, N64 Classic. Anyways, the most important thing still is that I have the now original collectible. The classic Nintendo Classic. Classic, 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 which I will sell at some point in my life. Last thing was a real news tidbit, I swear. Um, And the story was that MTV is realizing that no one uh, watches them at all. And so they're planning to reboot some of their programming. And they're going to put on a new live show in the afternoons and broadcast it from the old TRL studio in Times Square. Isn't that like an Olive Garden now? Is that even still a studio? It could be. That could be a fun setting. (laughs) Endless breadsticks and new music videos. So now I, when I was a young youngster, I would come home and I would watch TRL from 3 to 4 p.m. And then I would flip between um, Disney Channel and Nickelodeon pretty much. But TRL was where I cemented my love of InSync and occasionally Backstreet Boys and Limp Bizkit, of course. But you were not a TRL kid. Okay, you have to realize you had an older sister who was probably the one that was actually watching it and you were watching it with her. I was the oldest, so mm. I didn't have anyone influencing like my music choices. Like My first CD was either Britney Spears or... Um, or Dream, maybe, Could be or it. Bewitched. I think it was actually Bewitched. Bewitched. So you were, in, you were definitely into the Disney Channel concerts, I though. had no, like, I did have the... You v- had cable, right? I had the Bewitched VHS tape of the Disney Channel concert. Oh, okay. For sure. But I had no older sister that was, like, watching TRL. Like, I was yeah. the oldest. So, like, did a lot of... Did you know who Carson Daly was? Um, vaguely. He was in that, he was in that Pussycats movie. Okay. Yeah, I trust you on that one. Um... Yeah, I just, I, I, like, I knew what TRL was, but I didn't watch it. I don't even know if I was allowed to watch it, to be honest. There was a lot of stuff I wasn't allowed to watch. Mm. I swear that's when Boy Meets World. I, I swear that's when Boy Meets World was on, though. Was at 3.30. You think they were showing new Boy Meets World at 3.30? Yeah, I it was an after-school show. <laughs> um, so, yeah, will I watch this new MTV live show? Probably not. Definitely not. But it sparked a little bit of joy in me. Sparked a little bit of joy in me. That was my good news. Well, my good news is also nostalgia, but a more recent, embarrassing mm. kind of nostalgia. About to reveal something embarrassing about myself. Just Most- one thing? <laughs> I was quite, uh, quite a f- Glee fanatic. I'll uh, let you say it's past tense because it has it has died down over time. I didn't even I didn't even watch the last season of the show. That was big. I know. I finally had to, like, for my sanity, just call it quits with the show. I had to break up with it. But there was a Facebook Live chat thing, whatever Facebook Live is. Which you don't understand how it works. So, well, I... The internet know-it-all in our marriage doesn't even know how it works. I was watching it on Facebook, and I couldn't pause it. So I was like, am I watching it live? But with the time zones, it was unlikely that I was watching it live. But I could not figure out how to pause it, so I was very frustrated. But it was... Darren Chris and Leah Michelle from Glee, they were hanging out and did a live chat. I can't decide how much of it was, like, manufactured hangout for, like, Uh press for their music and how much of it was just, like, them hanging out getting drunk. Oh, they were drinking. Yes. Oh. And they had been over there the night before with Cord and some of the other Glee people, I guess. Because Cord's a name, right? Cord Overstreet. Yeah. Anyways. It's a real name. um, So, I don't actually like either of their new music very much. Darren's is okay. It's just a bit like in your face 80s for me. Hmm. As someone who was just on the brink of the 80s, like it's it's a bit aggressively 80s. You were for on me. the brink. You had like 9 months in the 80s. That's what I'm saying. I was technically born in the 80s. You didn't get much into the music scene. Oh, and saying. you were a year and 9 months into the oh, 80s. Oh gosh. I'm just saying. 
uh, it was, it's a bit too 80s for me. It's fun, and I have been listening to it. Leah's not such a huge fan of her, like, pop music. I, I like her voice much better for, like, show tunes and Broadway stuff. So she's trying to go at it solo, though. Yeah. Just as a solo she has pop her star. New, her new album, Places. So okay. they did sing, like, each other's songs. Um, like a little acoustic. Yeah, like a little mm-hmm. acoustic jam session with their new songs okay. on the on their little live chat. That's not the part I liked. I just thought it was. I was just excited to see them talking together so again. They're still friends. They're still friends. They still hang out. Apparently. Okay, but now let's rank them. So coming out of Glee, who has been the most successful? Well, of the bunch? Amber Riley just won a Olivier Award. What does that do? It's she is on the West End, which is London's oh, Broadway. I, I know that. But, okay. Yeah. Um, and she's in Dreamgirls, and she just won the like major award. They're like, like a the Tony Tonys, almost. like the British Tonys. So she just won for her, for her role in Dreamgirls. So that's huge. So mm-hmm. I mean, she's not like on TV or anything, but she's doing very well in like the theater world. That's good. Um, I mean, Leah Michelle is on Screen Queens. She has a recurring okay. role on that. Okay. It's Ryan, one of Ryan Murphy's shows. That's on, like, season three. Sure. So she seems to be doing okay. Like, Chris Colfer's doing decently well with his books, okay. his children's writing career. He's yeah. on, he has on the sixth book of The Land of Stories. Mm-hmm. But no breakout stars from Glee. They promised well, us Well, one of them's that. in jail, so that didn't work out so well for him. Which one is that again? Mark Sailing. He had a debut album. I'm sure it's still selling. <laughs> Yikes. How's Mr. Shoe doing? Oh, God. I hate... I don't care. I hate him. I hate him so much. He's probably still on Broadway or something. All right. So that's enough about Glee for now and Mm. probably forever. Uh, We'll go to the bad news. Do you want me to do my bad news first? Yeah, you could get off. I think we're on a shared shared mindset here, but go ahead. So my bad news this week is that show, that Netflix original show, 13 Reasons Why. Mm. I should preface this by saying I've only watched two episodes of the show and I have not read the book. But I am so sick of hearing about it and so sick of everyone talking about it like it's the best new show. I have so many shows and, like, movies that I need to watch. Such a long list of them. And I have a little bit of, like, lack of attention span for TV shows. Like, I'll watch one or two episodes. And if it's not hooking me, it's like, nah, I have other shows I could be watching. So I just don't watch it. So I tried the show. It wasn't even, like, on my radar. People were talking about it. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'll give the show a try. Everyone says it's great. It'd be nice to get into really into a show that I just want to watch it as much as I can. And I watched the first episode. I was like, that was boring. I guess I'll watch the second episode because it was like part one and part two. Okay. Watch the second episode. Still bored. Like, I don't understand what everyone's freaking out about. Can you explain to me what the premise is? Yeah, the premise of the show is there is a girl in high school and she commits suicide. And instead of writing... I thought that was at the end. It's it's at the... I'm giving the whole premise. Like, oh. it's not a surprise. Okay. So, she commits suicide. In the first episode, they're, like, still mourning over her. Uh-huh. But instead of writing a traditional... Leaving a note or something, yeah. she does a audio kind of note on these tapes. And mm-hmm. she sends them around to different people that were one of the... Were 13 the people, reason, perhaps? Were the, yeah, were the reasons for her suicide. Ooh. Dark. So it's a very like um, accusatory kind of suicide note in audio format and mm-hmm. in the form of these cassette tapes. But it's like I'm a pretty easy sell with like young adult kind of stuff. Yeah. Like as long as it's not too, too cliche and like not too, too poorly written. Yeah. I'm happy to just watch and play along and whatever. And I just couldn't do it with this show. Hmm. It's it's meant to be about this like teenage girl and her suffering. The first two episodes is all about this boring white kid. Mm-hmm. Who's just like, oh my life is so hard because my parents are too nice Good to me. Of a white kid, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's just it's just boring. And like the most of the first episode revolves around him trying to find a cassette tape player, uh-huh. cassette player. Okay, I was wondering if there was like some just sort to remind of, yeah. us that it's like current day. Apparently, got it. So he spends the whole episode like running around trying to find a cassette player, and then like. Once he has one, like, doesn't even listen to the tapes. I'm like, man, just listen to the tapes. That's Mm. the whole point of the show. Listen to the tapes. Just, like, procrastinating listening to the tapes. And I don't know. Everything I've seen about it is that either it's glorifying suicide and supposedly they actually show the suicide on screen, which Mm. I kind of have a problem with, um, especially if it's aimed at teen audiences. So they're kind of glorifying it as a way of, like, she becomes, like, you know, infamous after her suicide. Mm -hmm. But also, I just keep seeing these, seeing all of these news stories like, oh, everyone's missing the point of the show. Like, if everyone's making jokes about it and if everyone's saying it's the best show and it's, it's so fun to watch, they're missing the point. Well, if everyone's missing the point, maybe you did it wrong. 
Like, if everybody's mm-hmm. missing the point, it's probably not the viewer's problem. It's probably the people who made the show. Like, you probably didn't make it correctly if, if all of a sudden you're saying, no, 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 that's not the point we were trying to make. Yeah, something didn't work then. Something didn't work. Something did not come across if, if everyone's saying, oh, but everyone's missing the point. Yeah. So There were uh, two people in my office talking about it. And I threw you under the bus to them. I said, oh, my wife started watching it without me. And so that's why I didn't, I haven't watched it yet. But they were evaluating it based on whether or not their male partners cried during it. That was apparently how people rank shows now. One of them had cried and one of them had not. And so that was supposed to be significant somehow. I didn't even tear up in the first two episodes. Maybe maybe I just didn't give it enough time. Yeah, I mean, these I people should've... had binged the whole thing, and we know you're not a binger. So. But see, if if, I, if something grabs my interest, it's not. I probably won't sit down and watch the whole thing like on a whole Saturday because yeah. I'll get too antsy and too restless to just sit and watch TV for 12 hours. But I'll like watch two episodes and go for a run, watch two episodes, make lunch, watch two episodes, do some laundry. Like I'll go sure. back and forth. But if, if it catches my attention, I'll want to keep watching it. Or every night when I come home from work, I'll want to put it on. Yeah. This show I had to force myself to watch the second episode. So I'm not going to waste my time watching the rest of it, especially with some of the other problems I see with it. I just don't get it. Is it, is it me? Well, I don't know. Can, I, can I take off from there and continue on sure. a, a Netflix rant? Jump into your I have some news hooks i swear in this one okay uh so netflix announced their like their stock earnings for the past quarter and they were good not as good as they expected in terms of numbers of new subscribers and things but there were a couple of interesting um news stories that came out about it one uh which was attributed to their ceo he was quoted as saying that he considers netflix's only competition to be sleep Meaning that what a jackass. The only reason that people don't watch Netflix twenty four hours a day is that they occasionally close their eyes. Does he realize people have most people have to work for a living? But he says if if sleep wasn't a thing, then they would just watch Netflix constantly. Um, so that was one piece thing. Of shit. The second news item that caught my eye was the statistic that I think Netflix um, officially announced that a total of. 500 million hours of Adam Sandler movie footage has been watched by Netflix subscribers. I hope that's just America. I don't know how it was qualified, but most of like the news blogs and stuff ran with it as like a, wow, the world's so sad that we're watching these movies that are total shit. And I didn't know whether Netflix was, like, trying to brag about it or what they were exactly saying. What's the... I'd like to know the total number of hours, though. Like, is that really only, like, 2% mm. of the hours? Like, if the hours is in the billions, then that's not really that significant. I also want to know how many hours of Sandler footage is there? Like, is it just two people that just keep watching Happy Gilmore over you and could. over? I, there's, no re- there's no repeat button in Netflix, but I'm sure you just have to refresh, I guess. Well, it stays in your list. Anyways... Uh, I just, I'm starting to sour on Netflix overall. I mean, how many real breakout hits have they had? Orange is the New Black. Okay. And we really liked, uh, Stranger Things along yes. with everyone else. Since 8, we hated Unpopular we'll Opinion. We may, yeah, time. we'll get to this some other time. But aside from that, is there anything that, uh, we have to keep our Netflix subscription for? Orange is the New Black? Yeah, you're struggling <laughs> to come up with things. I just I'm, I'm just getting to the point where I assume that anything I want to watch this ties back into my YouTube weird thing. I assume that anything I want to watch is going to be available on a streaming channel, and when it's not, I'm like, what is this world coming well, to? Well, that's that's what's happening with Netflix is that people used to go there to watch uh, movies and TV shows that were obviously created by other production companies, right. and now Netflix is saying, well, we're having success with our original series. And so they're taking movies off of their service, they're taking TV shows off their service, and they're releasing like 10 new originals every week. I can never keep track of how many there are. I have no idea if they're right for me. They're sorted by recommended for me. What the hell does that mean? Netflix, you don't know me. One of them was in Portuguese, which was interesting. Yeah. That one was picked by me by a curator, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm just confused about what what's now separating Netflix from other content creators like HBO, for example. They both have websites with streaming content. They both produce uh, TV shows and movies. And HBO actually has a cable channel as well. Well, that's the problem is they're all getting closer. It used to be such distinct separations between these were TV 
series that you could only watch on your cable network on TV. And right. these were Netflix, which is how you stream things you can't find on TV. Yeah. And now everything's so intermixed because every cable um, network has their own sure. app now. All the, A lot of the channels have their own apps. So really, if you're just looking at it in terms of like the apps on your iPad for streaming, there's not that big of a difference anymore. Oh, modernity. Maternity. Modernity. What is that? Modernity? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I think you, it, mm. you were laughing at me last week for some weird vocab that I used. I think it's time for our next segment. Okay. Uh, so we couldn't really decide on a book to discuss this week. And yeah. someone has some books to, to read. So I that need to we do can... some catch up. Yeah. But we promised we would talk about books every week. So we'll do a quick check-in. I'm thinking we call this segment... The children love the books. <laughs> okay. Even okay. though it's uh, not quite Christmas season. But, That's okay. And as we've discussed, this is not a child-appropriate podcast. But No. We are marked as explicit content, and but we are in the society and culture section. Okay. Noted. Okay. Heather, what are you reading currently? So... Um, the book I'm reading currently, I think I'm actually going to stop reading. We were just talking about this. I am not really a person that stops reading a book unless it's like horribly, horribly terrible. But I just can't get through the book I'm reading. I've been trying to read it for like a week and every time I read a chapter or two and I like get bored and check my phone instead. So I might actually give up on it. So I don't want to talk about that one. Yeah, please don't. Um, I'm going to talk about a book that I read a couple books ago, but I really liked it and I kind of want you to read it. What grade did you give it on book digits? Uh, I gave it an A. Ooh. Um, and I know I'm a little bit of a more easy grader than you are. Definitely. But... Um, it's called Illuminae. Mm -hmm. I'm probably a little bit late to this party because I know that this sequel has already come out, Gemini or Gemini. Uh, but it is a futuristic space kind of story. Okay. It's centered around these two teenagers that live on this mining colony out in space. And the mining colony gets attacked by like a rival mining company. Uh, except the mining colony is like a little bit illegal. So hmm. they don't want to, like, call the space cops or whoever. <laughs> um, but anyway, somebody from, like, the United Federation or whatever comes to rescue them. Uh, but then their ship gets damaged. So the only, people that, the only people that know about this attack from this other company and the survivors of the attack are on this one, you know, good guy ship. Okay. And then the bad guys are on a ship following them to try and destroy them so they can destroy all the evidence of what they've done. <sighs> uh, so... Ironically enough, the main relationship of the story is, like, my least favorite part about it. Mm. It was just kind of... It almost seemed like the authors didn't try that hard with, like, the teenage relationship part of it because there was so much else going on in the story. Yeah. Um, but the, the unique thing about the story is that it's very... It's told, like, uh, epistolary, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, except not just in letters. It's told in the form of, like, um, interview transcripts and chat logs and emails. So it's not told in a normal narrative. Um, and I don't always like those kind of yeah, gimmicky books. Yeah, you were a little nervous going into it. I was nervous because it seems really gimmicky and it's sometimes a little harder to get into the story when it's not just a normal narrative that kind of sucks you and you just kind of have to skip from this email to that email to this chat log. Yeah. But I ended up really liking it. It was really unique. It was still very fast-paced and there was this whole part about the AI system on the ship mm. that was unexpected and really interesting. There was a couple twists along the way that I did, wasn't expecting. I kind of thought it was going to be pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. And then the ending was better than I expected. I kind of thought, like, the climax of the book was just going to be like, oh, whatever happened. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. But then the ending gave a little bit of a, of a twist as well. So I'm really interested to read the second book and see if it lives up to that hype. Cool. Um, so I... I don't know if you, I think you might like it. I think I'd like you to read it sometime if you're yeah. ever feeling like a weird space book. Um, yeah, it really kept my interest. I kept, I wanted to keep reading it. And um, yeah, I would recommend it. Good. Uh, my side of things, let's see. Uh, we launched a new feature on Book Digits earlier this year, which now lets you keep track of which books you reread, mm -hmm. meaning if you read it more than once. I've already used that a few times this year. And yeah, I didn't test it out very well while I was coding it, so that's why I've been trying to reread more books to make sure it actually well, works. Well, I reread so. Captive Prince that we talked about last yeah. week, and that works it's for sure. It's working perfectly. And it's helping me with my reading goal for this year, because now the books you count. You know it, girl. <laughs> so I was rereading uh, one of the few books I've given an A to on book digits, uh, which is Lexicon by Max Berry. Also a Melbourne author. Melbourne-based. 
Uh, and Heather was kind enough to get me a hardback copy for Christmas with a personalized autograph. Yeah, I went out of my way, contacted Max Berry. Yeah, we're best friends now. <laughs> so I reread it this week, and we may talk about it on an upcoming podcast if you decide to reread it. Yeah, I just need to get off my ass and reread it so we can make an episode. Well, I'm a little nervous to it. talk about it because I actually bumped it down a little uh, bit of a grade uh, after I finished it. Have you really decided that though? Because when you read, reread Great Gatsby, yeah. you bumped it down to like an F, and then you brought it back up to an A like a week later. Yeah. So are you still letting it ruminate? You're still gonna let it fester a little Anything bit. Anything can happen. We'll we'll check in with that next week and see see what you've done with the okay. grade. If we if I do, and finish then it I'm promised to get back to the books you're demanding I read. But next on my reading list was a book called Four Three Two One by Paul Auster, which is 900 pages. Has not gotten very good reviews. I have not heard anything good about it. But we were in a bookstore. In Sydney. An adorable bookstore in the adorable, rain. It was adorable in the rain. And you convinced me to buy a giant book, mm-hmm. mainly because we were checking bags for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was raining at the yeah. beach. So I feel like I have to read that. I do like Paul Auster. I've read his New York trilogy before you did, and I liked it. Yeah. If I had to like name a serious author that I liked, he there would be go. on the list. Okay. But I don't think I can promise that I'm going to read a 900-page book anytime no, soon with my 500 and however many books on my to-read list. All right, before we get to our main segment for today, we do have a sponsor. Confirm that they're back for another week. It's Black Apron. No, it's not. This is a home delivery service <laughs> for soil. They send you a different type of soil, loose soil. You know. Where's the apron coming? <laughs> stop, just stop. Okay, let's go on. Our real sponsor is always BookDigits.com, the yep. smarter way to explore books. You got it this time. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. You can make a free account. You can track your reading goal. You can make it to read list, except just don't make it be 568 books like mine. Yeah, and you can read whatever kind of books you want. Like, there's a lot of people on BookDigits who read some real racy books. Yeah, and, and there's, there's, like, comic books. Yeah. There's the whole Star Wars series. Hey, Jake, how's it going? We weren't going to make inside <laughs> jokes to people two weeks in a row. Anyways, check out Book Digits. And now we'll go into our real next segment. So this week we are going to talk about the What are we talking about, Heather? We're talking about the 100 now, the TV series. Okay, before we start, I believe it's actually pronounced The 100. Is it? No, it's not. I heard that somewhere. The 100. It's sure the it's hundred. That's terrible. Okay. Um, I'm going to be referring to it as the 100. Okay. Um, so to start off, we should say that we are behind. Um, being we that use we're, this as a Netflix show. Yes. Being that we are um, abroad, it's not quite so easy for us to stay up to date on cable TV shows. And Netflix is very slow with the 100, or maybe the CW is very slow to give their licensing mm-hmm. away. But so we have just finished season three of the 100 a few weeks ago. So I know season four is on, um, but I'm hoping enough of you are still angry about season three, or still have some feelings about season three, uh, or just want to hear our thoughts about the show in general. Um, so to start off, do you? You want me to start? I want. Start. I want you to start off just with. In case somebody hasn't watched it, yeah. I want you to start off with a brief summary of the show. Oh, jeez. I didn't do my homework for this. And it's something that maybe you did like about the show before we hmm. get pretty critical of okay. it. Okay. Well, how I was going to start is I was going to say that I've only ever been really obsessed with one television show in history. Lost. That was Lost. Where I would read message boards and tune in live. Screw DVR. I would watch it on the right time on the right night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would think about it in between seasons. And so ever since that, I've always been searching for another show that would just give me that feeling. It was Orphan Black for a little bit, and that's let you down. A little bit. And we I tried was, to make it Orphan Black. And obviously the last season of Lost... Uh, Ruined TV for you forever? Well, probably. So I'm trying to get back a little bit of the magic, though. So anyways, we heard about the 100... And My mom was watching it before we were. She was the one that clued mm-hmm. us in. And it seemed to have some losty elements, I guess. There was no polar bear, but there was weird things in the forest. Yeah. So I guess the overall the premise is that... Well, how did it all start? Everyone on Earth is living up in a big spaceship because there's a huge nuclear war and they had to escape. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-mm. No. It wasn't that they escaped. It was the people living on the space station had to repopulate. Everybody on Earth died. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So they were already up. Yeah, it was up. a bunch of space stations and they all joined together. Right. But now there are clues that the Earth might be hospitable or habitable. What am I trying to say? Hospitable, for sure. Okay. And uh, there's also some issues going on on the space station that kind of running out of oxygen, which is a little bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever reason, the people in charge, the dude from Grey's Anatomy is like, we're going to send little kids down because... The bad little kids. The real bad little kids. The kids in juvie. Yeah. And so he ships them down on a rocket. Somehow they survive. And then basically the season one starts with them exploring... uh, the Earth after a nuclear holocaust. And finding out that it's not just them, that there are some people that have well, survived. Well, right. So there's some lost elements, like I said. They're walking the around. There are others. There are weird animals leaping out of water and stuff, which mm. they never really came back to, the weird alligator no, thing leaping out of water. or the deer with, like, the three heads. No. And also, the, you missed the, the best part in the intro of the first season, which was like, I've never felt the sun or felt water against my yeah, skin or no, the wind loved, on my face. We loved the opening credits, which they changed. <laughs> to this Game of Thrones theme for this mm-hmm. season. But yeah, before the best quote was, I've never floated in water before. Like, if I had lived on a space station all my life, I wouldn't be going around like, oh god, I really wish I could float in water. You can float like, in the air really in space. Just that. turn the gravity off and you float in the air. Oh. Um, so is there anything that, what did we like? Why did we keep watching? I think at first I kind of forced you to keep watching, but yeah. what did, was there anything that you liked about it? Some of the lost aspects you well, said? Well, I was definitely hooked at the End of season one going into season two is that when they find Mount Weather. Or Mount Weather finds them. Because Mount Weather is kind of like the equivalent of the hatch in Lost, meaning they find this weird structure that seems kind of old but seems kind of functioning, and they have to break in, and they don't know if anyone's in there. And uh, side connection, Desmond is both in the hatch and in the hundred. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Not Penny's boat. It's not Penny's boat. Um... So I was really intrigued by the Mount Weather situation, and I was excited for that season two, but one of my major complaints is how quickly they, like, steamrolled through that whole plot. Yeah, especially at the beginning, they were kind of just like, yep, we're in this Mount Weather bomb shelter now, and everything's fine, and everything's great. And I guess they were a little bit, like, just relieved that they were safe from the grounders for a bit and had, like, food and paintings and whatever. Sure, but there were so many many new characters to introduce from this, this bomb shelter, they had some evil guys. They had some good guys. They had, you know, this whole civilization figuring it out. It was like Hunger Games and other things all combined. And then by the end of the season, it was like a full reset. Everything's back to outside. That is still one of the most gruesome things I've ever seen in a TV show, though, is the yeah. end of season one. You've when, gotten grossed out by this show on more than one It has been more gruesome than I expected for, like, a CW show. Yeah. Like, the end of season two, when they're taking people's bone marrow out without anesthetizing them, like, they're just screaming, mm. and they're like, it was terrible. And then in season three, there was, like, a lot of really gruesome moments, too, like, um, trigger warning here, but when the... Uh, AI made Raven slit her own wrists yeah. or made um, Abby try and hang herself. Like, that was brutal to watch. And so, some of yeah. the violence is really graphic and excessive. So, yeah, I think that they could have done more with the Mount Weather um, setup, which I think would have kept me a little bit more interested. This and third season has gone, like, full Game of Thrones. There are even, like, thrones in the plot. Yes, and, like, the outfits and the hair yeah. and the names and everything, they've gone full Game of Thrones. Um, the only other thing I was going to say about season two before we kind of dive into season three is the City of Light stuff. God, that was so fucking boring. I thought the City of Light sounded like really nice place to oh. live. Like, everyone was happy. I was just sick of them wandering through the desert for, like, episode on yeah. episode on episode. That, they were getting to the City of Light. I guess. I just did not care travel. about that side storyline because you'd be going from, like, this massive cover-up in Mount Weather and the slaughter and the grounders coming back and all of a sudden it would just be like, hmm, I wonder if we're going the right way. And it was just them wandering in the desert. And then remember that the beginning of season three, you were convinced that we had missed a season or an episode? Yeah, I was pretty sure. Because, that, yeah, it was a very strange start to the season. Yeah. And... I'm just replaying it. Just stay with us. It was a very strange start to the season. And, yeah, I thought, I don't know, season three, they tried to cover a lot of different things, and I just don't know how successful they were at that. I uh, Did you have any main things you wanted to say about season three? Because I have a lot of feelings. 
I'll let you. I'll let you run through them. I thought the biggest issue is the lack of like character continuity or emotional continuity. Right. Like Bellamy was one of my favorite characters in season two. I think he had such a good character arc in the first two seasons of like, he's kind of a bad guy. And then you find Mm. out that he's trying to protect his sister and he got himself sent down to earth on purpose to protect his sister. So he has, she was living in a hole. Yeah. That part's a hole. We don't need to get into that. But, um, that's, did you read those books? The books where you were allowed to have one child and there was a second kid and you like lived in the house. Yeah, it's called China. No, 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 no. <laughs> there was a whole book series about it. And I don't remember what they're called now. It just reminded me of that. Sure. Anyways, um, so I really liked Bell- Bellamy's character development. Like he turned into one of my favorite characters in season Who two. Who did you want him to hook up with? Clark. Well, mm-hmm. I do like Clark and Lexa, but I thought he and Clark, I think they still do have. One night off. You think? Clark and Bellamy still have some good, like, chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they balance each other out very nicely. Like, I think Bellamy can sometimes go a bit too violent or off the rails. And I think Clark, like, like, stabilizes him a little bit. And I think Clark has a tendency to get all wrapped up in her head and be all self-sacrificing and self-pitying. And I think he can kind of be pragmatic enough to be like, Clark, snap the fuck out of it. So I think they're a good, like, command team when they're actually on the same page. But yeah, poor Bellamy. The guy has like a moral dilemma like three times per episode. Like where he has to choose who the hell's going to live, who he's going to kill, who he's going to protect. I just, they ruined his character in season three. I just do not believe that he would have slaughtered an entire camp of grounders. I know he was mad at that one grounder because she tricked them and he fucked up. I just cannot believe, like I could, you remember, I couldn't even, I didn't even want to watch the show. Yeah. Because I was just waiting for this awful genocide of the grounders who did nothing but give them more like more chances and more chances and try to ally with them and i just couldn't even i had a really hard time even watching that they kind of skimmed over it yeah but but you could see even at the time he was struggling with if it was the right decision i don't know if he just like never had like if his dad never loved him definitely and he just, had daddy issues. if he just wanted like the approval of like the authority figure of crazy captain pike yeah let's get but, into these authority figures because desmond was in charge for a little while then Grey's Anatomy dude came down and was like, no, I'm going to go hang out with the artificial intelligence and do yeah. that. And then Abby was in charge for a little while. Yeah, just a few And days. then she, like, gave it back to Kane, who he's referring to as Desmond. Yeah. And then they just decided, why don't we have an election and make it official? And then all of a sudden, Pike took over. Was he on the show before this season? No, they tried to insert him in flashbacks. Yeah. But they basically said he was a different arc that had crash-landed. Um, and they had, like, a separate little tribe on his arc. Um, so he was in charge of those people. So when they combined, I guess like his people rallied everyone else and said that, you know, he needed to be in charge. So they could kill all the grounders or something. I was struggling to follow the plot. Most of the time you had to give me recaps in between episodes. I know. So, um, now before you said you wanted Bellamy and Clark to hook up, but every time Clark had a little lesbian moment on the show, you also seemed well, to get Well, it's nice excited. to have a canon bisexual character, first of all. Okay. Um, but I didn't really care about her and that random blonde chick. No. I just liked her and Lexa because I think she is the only person that humanized Lexa at all. And I think it was really interesting to see the human side of her when she was with Clark. Like, the only thing she cared about aside from, like, protecting her people was Clark. So I thought it was interesting to see them. I think she kind of made Clark worse, maybe. I don't mm. think she was necessarily great for Clark. Um, but I thought the two of them together was also a really interesting dynamic because they both had so much in common just about trying to feel like they were leaders for their people and trying to protect their people and having to make a lot of hard decisions to do that. Um, All right, so what other gripes do you have? Well... Don't interrupt him when I'm talking about Lexa because that's one of the biggest moments that I'm sure people who watched the 100 are still upset about. Clark and Lexa finally had this beautiful moment. It was like this, like, goodbye kind of love scene. They were scissoring. Nobody scissors. Um, They were having this beautiful romantic scene and then Clark was like going to go back to her people or whatever. And then Titus, Mm. the uh, Lexa's little... Man bitch. Yeah, man bitch. Um, 
shoots her, like tries to shoot Clark and shoots her instead. It's not a great aim. It's not great aim. And he's not even upset. He's like, oh, well, now she's dead. And he just pulls the thing out of her neck. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why he wasn't upset. And I don't understand. They couldn't have given, like, them one moment to be, like, happy and gay and in love. They had to just, like, literally shoot her. But they reunited in the Matrix later on. Well, so I'm sure fine. that's why they ended up doing, like. I'm telling you, the City of Light's the place to be. No, I'm sure. Don't take, don't take the chip. I'm sure that's why they ended up doing it, because I, I definitely did squeal when Lexa came and saved her at the ending when she was, like, inside her own head trying to shut down the City of Light or whatever. Yeah. Like, I was very excited about that it moment. Squealing, yeah. But it was definitely not worth her tragic death that was pretty much just, like, brushed over. Like, they didn't even really talk about it. No one mm-hmm. even really seemed that sad. They were just like, oh, well, next commander. And then the next commander just, like, slaughtered all the children. I was going to say, they were too busy killing killing kids. Killing all of the kids. Yeah. That was terrible. And speaking of, like, people who didn't get proper endings or proper storylines, like Monty. Poor Monty. Mm. He has not had a good storyline. Jasper, they just made him drunk this entire season. <laughs> Monty, not I thought... Not a fun drunk, either. Not a fun drunk. Like, a sad, I've lost everything drunk. Monty and Jasper, who I swear are in love. Mm. Um, Monty... Ship him. Monty just got no good storylines. They tried to give him a good storyline when he killed his own mom. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Then they just brushed over that too. It was like, Monty, there are more important things right now than the fact that you shot your own mother. You just killed your mom, but chill out. Yeah. So they gave him like half a storyline. They had him have sex with that girl for one second. Yeah. And then well, once, maybe she's pregnant. Once again, they just like gave him no storylines. Lincoln. Do we even need oh. to talk about Lincoln? Oh, poor thing. He was one of my favorite characters in season one and two. One of the only good um grounder characters that they let have a storyline. Uh one of the more interesting people of color that they gave a real storyline. Color. And then in the third season. He was just in jail the whole time, brooding and looking sad. Yeah, you said it was because he was the actor was going to do something else. I mean, he's going to do American Gods, so okay. I'm sure that that's a better deal for him than being, like, a sad character on a CW show. But, like, the fact that they just gave him no storyline, and then they just killed him off brutally, execution style, just yeah. to make Octavia, Octavia go crazy. Like, I just don't understand why they keep introducing these new characters. I, I mean, I know in a new season of a TV show you want to have some new characters to mix it up but don't either ruin all of your other characters storylines just for a new plot or ignore all these other characters that you've just been dragging along since season one and not giving any good storylines to the best part of this show is still the way they schedule their battles they're constantly <laughs> saying this is going to happen at dawn or first light or dusk they brought all this technology down like, from the space station. Like, I know they don't have a lot of watches. They but. got a couple clocks, I think. <laughs> They're running, like, a huge mainframe with different servers, but they go, yeah, no, we're going to do a surprise attack at dawn. We'll meet you at dawn. Like, like, like first light? Like, what does that mean? I think we'll end on that note. Okay. So we'll see what season four brings. I have not really seen many seasons, uh, spoilers for season four, but we will intend to keep watching that. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry if this was old news for a lot of you that are keeping up with the show, or I'm sorry, alternatively, if you've never watched the show and you have no idea what we've been talking about for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but that was our rambling thoughts on The 100. So we're going to end it, same as last week, with some upcoming things that we're excited about. I think the official title of this segment is Heather Talks About Things Coming Up and Bennett Says Why He's Not Excited About Them. Okay, or Bennett Says I Have Not Seen That Yet, (laughs) or You Just Made Me Watch It 10 Minutes Ago so we could talk about it for the podcast. Right. So in a related uh, note to that, the new Star Wars trailer. Just saw it. So we both loved The Force Awakens. Los Ultimos Jedi. Did I say it right? Yes. Good Spanish, honey. Bien hecho. So we both really liked The Force Awakens. We saw it a couple yeah. times. We have our BB-8 uh, sitting BB-8. across the room from us right now. Yeah. So we really liked The Force Awakens. Um, I know a lot of people were upset that the most recent Star Wars movie was not actually the continuation of that story. It was yeah, Rogue One, like a standalone. Some people didn't get the memo. I had a friend that I went to the movie with, and all, like weeks before going to the movie, like she was like, oh, so this is the storyline. She like, was like, right where's then, right? John Bodega? not quite that but pretty much Mm. um anyways so we are going to talk about the new trailer that i just made you watch do you have any thoughts or feelings about it my overall thought is that i learned nothing from it and i'm okay with that because i hate the movie trailers that give you the the entire entire plot. plot yeah and this one was just like hey we're a star wars movie 
There's probably some Jedi's in it. Some lightsabers. Probably Adam Driver. Something dramatic. Doing stuff. And so yeah, I was fine with it. Are you excited? Did it make you like want to see it? I don't know. It made me hope that Christmas is far away because I hope <laughs> it's not that soon. I was excited about it. I wasn't quite as excited about it as I was for The Force Awakens, I guess. But um, I am very interested to see where their stories go because I really did like the new characters. And I, I am I am intrigued, I have to say, about the last Jedi thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much about is it singular or is it plural. I think the internet is over that at this point. But right. um, about whether, like, what it means. What does it mean? Like, does it mean, I'm sure that there's people who have already sorted this out and we just haven't checked the fan boards. But, um yeah, I'm just very interested into, does it mean there should be no more Jedi, as in, like, no bad guys, no good guys, like, no dark or light side? Like, you should just let people duke it out with, like, with pilots and that's it? Or mm. with the government? Does it mean that there should be no good Jedi and they should just let the bad guys win? I would hope not. But how are you supposed to keep the balance? Like, how can you make there be no bad Jedi? Like, the whole point of the good Jedi is to keep the bad Jedi. Is BBA in this next movie? Yes. You promise? Was he yeah, in the trailer? he was in the trailer. Him and, um... Um, what's his face? We're running away from... Poe? Yeah. I knew a name that you didn't know. Good job. You got a prize. Now, you sure Kylo Ren survived the last one? Because I watched that movie four times, and each time the planet is, like, blowing blowing up. up. And he's dying in the snow. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's in the next trailer, so someone must have saved him, or he must use his Jedi forces. Love you, Adam. We'll talk about girls next week. Yes. You want me to jump in with my upcoming thing? I actually have one. Okay, you have one? Go ahead, honey. Go ahead. Solo news brief. That said, well, I think this is going to be a recurring segment where we talk about the next live-action Disney movie. (laughs) Not going to talk about Lion King today. No updates on that front. Or Mulan. No. But, apparently, Aladdin is in the works, and the, the word is that Will Smith is the pick for the genie. Oh, when we were talking about this the other day, I thought you meant he was going to be in the Broadway show as the genie. No, in the live-action movie. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I think this could, like, revitalize his career. You think so? He's had a little bit of a lull. He's had some crappy, that crappy movie with his son on the planet. Oh, that one, yeah. Pursuit of Happiness was wonderful, though. Yeah, yeah, The one where... Since Pursuit of Happiness, there's been The one where they're on the planet, and he's, like, injured in a space pod, and his son has to run around. I watched, like, ten minutes of it on TV, and it was terrible. Yeah. So I really hope he makes a little bit of a comeback, because apparently I was the last person on Earth to hear the rumor that... His marriage is just a front to cover up his true sexuality so oh, that yeah. he can get good roles in Hollywood. Well, Jada, too. The whole point is they're both right. they're each other's beards. Yeah. And that just makes me really sad if that's true. Like, everyone talks about how liberal Hollywood is, but I heard on another podcast that if you look actually, the Hollywood district voted for the T-word. Anyways, that's separate idea. they're idiom. all rich. They want their money. Yeah. So, I'm still rooting for Will Smith. Hope this can be maybe the start of a comeback. Okay. The other one that I want to talk about, there's two more. We saw Aladdin on Broadway. Part of your boy. <laughs> it's not the song you're combining there's Little new, Mermaid. That's what I wanted to bring up. Was why? No, yeah. Yeah, you're part of your boy. <laughs> you're, you're combining Little Mermaid and Aladdin. It was proud of your boy is the new <laughs> song. The part question was, will there be new songs in this one? I'm sure that one will make oh, it. Oh, I hope not. It, it, I'm fine with that as one song. It just doesn't need to be reprised at the end of every single scene. Yeah. Uh, anyways, part of your boy does not make any sense. <laughs> the other one that I'm excited about that I heard from this week is not going to happen for like two years. So I don't know why okay. they're announcing it's in 2019. Um, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Call up Rockapella. With Gina Rodriguez. Um, I never series movie. What's the plan? Netflix original series. Ah, so Netflix is expecting to be around in 2019. I guess so. Oh. So I mean, Gina needs to get her paycheck. So mm. I will admit, I never finished watching Jane the Virgin. It's like on my Netflix queue perpetually, and yeah. I haven't finished it. But I do like Gina Rodriguez, and I used to love Where in the World's Carmen San Diego. Not the in show which format. Yeah, the, no, the computer game, the PC game, definitely the PC game, oh, the Mac game. Yeah. It was a PC game in my house, but the computer game, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, amazing. It was the bomb. It was amazing. So. I learned everything I know about geography. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, So I'm very excited for that. I try not to get too excited because it's like two years away and I'll probably forget about it between now and then, but that was some exciting news. Um, It's always nice when they reboot something that I actually care about because I think there's a lot of nostalgic stuff that I 
don't really give a we shit. We gotta get back to Fuller House someday, honey. Yeah. The get first, back on that first horse. season wasn't as bad as I thought. Not as bad as we thought. But I had very low expectations. So. Extremely. But we will get back to that sometime, maybe. Um, the last one I want to talk about is very apt because today is Earth Day when we're recording this. Um, and there's a lot of um, marches for science around the world. I didn't get to go to the Melbourne one because I was at work at a science museum today. Yeah, it counts. Um, I think it counts. Uh, but... Bill Nye Saves the World on Netflix. Um, Bill, 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 Bill. So, Bill Nye the Science Guy is back with a new show, Bill Nye Saves the World. Um, It's not meant for children. It's meant for, like, our age people that remember watching him as children. Got it. Um, Apparently, it's very political and has a lot of guest stars. And Mm -hmm. I was reading a review of it today, and they said it misses the mark sometimes and that it can be a little bit too, like, maybe mocking or harsh to some people that have um, untrue beliefs. But yeah. I'm interested to watch it. I, we haven't watched any of it yet, mm-hmm. but I'm interested to, to watch it for sure. Um, to be honest, even being a science person, I'm not a huge, like, documentary-type watcher. Like, I've never watched Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's on my Netflix queue, but I haven't or watched Carl it. Or Carl Sagan. Or Carl Sagan. Yeah. Um, Rest in peace. I've only basically watched the planetarium shows that I watch for free at work. Yeah. Um, so I'm not super up on all those types of sciencey shows, but I'm very interested to watch the Bill Nye show, especially in the current political climate, um, mostly in the U.S., but also in other parts of the world as well, with a lot of denying happening or mm-hmm. pseudoscience or whatever. Uh, so I'm glad. I think that's very timely for that to come back, and I hope that's... Any uh, nudity? <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, God. Um, I don't know how much it's really going to convince people that don't already like science or like Bill Nye. I don't know that they're going to necessarily just like decide to watch that show, but mm-hmm. uh, I am glad that it's out there and I'm glad that he's um, promoting scientific literacy and I hope that it helps. Okay. Thanks friends for tuning in. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking about girls and uh, probably a book series as well. Definitely. Um, as well as our usual, just uh, pop culture news and current events. We have a dedicated Twitter account for the show now. It's at ddgetdown. And you can follow our individual Twitters at Heather324. And at Bennett Gavrish. And you can also catch us on Book Digits. My username is Remus Lupin. Mine is Bennett Gavrish. <laughs> B-E-N-N-E-T-T-G-A-V-R-I-S-H. That's it. Please support Black Apron. See you next week. And subscribe to us. Thanks, guys. See ya.